Welcome to the Presentation Boss Podcast. This is episode number 13. We're your hosts. I'm Kate Norris. And I'm Thomas Croft. Whether you're pitching your business, speaking at a work meeting, or on the stage, we're here to help you present with clarity and confidence. Today, we're breaking down a speech from a TED event here in Brisbane. It's Tracy Spicer in 2014, entitled The Lady Stripped Bear. Hello and welcome to episode 10. We're doing another speech breakdown. We know that the best way to be a good speaker is to be a good analyst and a good evaluator of speakers. It requires watching other great speakers, other good speakers, and having a good think about what they do really well and what you could maybe borrow and the things that don't really work for you. So today we're going to play the Tracy Spicer talk from uh, the event here in Brisbane. And we're just going to pause at some important points and have a chat about what it is that she's doing and if we like it, if we don't like it, and the reasons for that. And then right at the end, we'll have a little bit of a discussion about our overall thoughts. So this is Tracy Spicer at TEDx Southbank Women in 2014 with The Lady Stripped Bear. Hello, my name is Tracy Spicer and I am a vain fool. Okay, she's only said one thing here. But I just love the Queensland accent she's come out with. Hello, I'm Tracy Spicer. And there's actually quite an iconic <laughs> um, Queensland advertisement on the radio that is hates. that everyone has a love-hate relationship with, which is Frank Walker from National Tiles. And he has that exact same accent. And it just makes me smile because it's iconically Queensland. I like that if you're outside of Australia, you'll have no idea. No idea who Frank Walker from National Tiles is. Let me take you through my schedule before appearing here today. 6am, get up, look in mirror, see old lady looking back, wonder, how the hell did she get in there? Put on running gear designed to suck in wobbly bits. Run, even though no one is chasing me with an axe. But run to maintain professionally acceptable size 10. Get home, do 20 wide leg squats in futile bid to get in a thigh gap. Add 20 tricep dips to get rid of nasty bingo flaps. Go to bathroom, scour skin with exfoliant to get rid of those dreadful dead cells. Hop in shower, lather hair with sodium laurel sulfate. Rinse out, dollop on conditioner containing placental extract. Wait until it sinks in and wait and wait and wait. Rinse out. Soap up, wash off, get out of shower, dry body. Lather body in petroleum byproduct, otherwise known as body moisturiser. And wait till that sinks in. And wait. And wait. And wait. Cleanse face, add toner containing alcohol, wish it was a G&T and I could drink the bloody thing instead. <laughs> Apply serum carefully and wait till that soaks in. And wait. And wait. Increase the paraben load by dabbing eye cream. Dab, don't wipe, don't want to damage the delicate skin, do we? <laughs> by this stage, I'm feeling like the Gulf of Mexico after the BP oil spill. But I can't stop. Cover the rest of the body in bronzing cream and wait till that soaks in and wait. Put straightening gel in hair. Section off and apply searing heat until styled into shape. Burn finger on tongs, ow. Almost do back in lifting up makeup kit. Foundation powder, concealer, 
blusher, eyeshadow, eyeliner, eyelash curler, mascara, eyebrow liner, eyebrow colour, lip liner, lipstick, lip gloss. Put on shapewear to suck in mummy gut after two children. Pop on dress, perfectly pressed by a dry cleaner using known carcinogens. Add liquid to nails containing phthalates which are linked to breast cancer. But wait, there's more. Yesterday, visit the House of Pain. No, not the one with the whips and the fishnets. The one with the hot wax which they drip above my lip and below my eyebrows before large hairs are torn out of my face. As I lie there and silently chant, beauty is pain, beauty is pain. All right, so we've had a couple of minutes of introduction now about talking about her morning routine, um, which I very much relate to. (laughs) And I'm feeling like the message of this is going to be something about the toxins that we put onto our body because she's talking about the known carcinogens and the stuff in our nail polish, the stuff in our, she mentioned sodium lauryl sulfate in shampoo. Mm, The dry cleaning. And dry cleaning, so I'm feeling like it's going to be something about the chemicals in our products. Because your introduction really should give some indication of where this presentation's going to land. It should be introducing your message and what it is that we're going to talk about. So mm. it's worthwhile, I think, you getting that indication from this introduction about where this is going to go. We'll certainly see how it plays out. Yep. So we're about three minutes in, and it's a long list. And I wonder if it's too long. Like, I understand these are all the steps in the process. Do all of them need to be mentioned or can it become a really quick list? I do this, 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 and I wait and I wait. And I do this, 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 this. We still get the point. Yeah. And when you've got a fast list, those steps are not important. This isn't a how-to. It's just a recall. It's demonstrating that I do all of this stuff in the morning. And it's a long list. Yeah. It's more symbolic than the steps are meaningful. Mm. Yep. Today, I ask the question, why do we do this to ourselves? Why? Why? Because it's bullshit. (laughs) Okay, so this really nickels me. She's got her first PowerPoint slide up and it's got the words, it's bullshit. And then it's got a picture and it's a meme that is very, very famous. And the meme is success kid. And it's actually not consistent with the words and how she's using it because it's such a famous meme. It just really niggles me. And you know what? People really liked it. They laughed. They clapped. So maybe I've just spent too much time on the internet with memes and maybe it was perfectly fine. This is a TED event that was just for women. So this is an audience of just women. And I'm guessing through the TED audience selection criteria, it's probably professional women who identify quite strongly with Tracy and this process. So when she calls that out as bullshit, there's obviously a round of applause. I think she's very well crafted this message, crafted this presentation for the audience in the room. Yeah, for sure. I would imagine the audience is clapping for the notion of it being called out rather than appropriate use of a meme. Yeah. You, dear listener, are listening to this presentation. You can't see it. And I guarantee that that PowerPoint slide doesn't add to your experience. So if it's niggling you, Kate, if you're sitting in this room watching this, then you've immediately got a distraction and something that's detracting from the presentation. So I'm just not convinced that this slide is needed at all. Yeah. Today I'd like us to reassess the amount of time we spend on our grooming and the effect it has on our productivity. Imagine what we could achieve if we weren't beholden to society's unreasonable expectations about how we should look. 
Imagine our increased levels of productivity in the workplace and in the home, in our lives more broadly. And imagine how much happier and healthier we would be by not adhering to society and advertising's unreasonable and unrealistic image of how a woman should look. A survey by Marks and Spencer found women take an average of 27 minutes to get ready for work. Over a year, that is 10 full working days. That's an awful lot of productivity lost. A second survey expanded that. They compared men and women. They looked at not just grooming for the workplace, but for personal life as well. And they extrapolated that over a lifetime. Over our lives on average, women will take 3,276 hours in grooming. For men, it's 1,092. <laughs> That's Homer Simpson being groomed. He's grooming me. That's about a third. Do you know what we could do over those 3,276 hours? We could complete a pre-MBA course at Oxford Business School, become proficient at a musical instrument, or learn another language. But for me, this is the killer statistic. The American Time Use Survey looked over four years at the effect of grooming time on earnings. And the, what they found was this, that for women, excess grooming time actually, actually signals a negative worker attribute rather than a positive worker attribute. And guess what? It decreases earnings. If a woman doubles her grooming time, her earnings are decreased on average by 3.4%. Why? Because it's a non-market activity. You know the other big non-market activity? Housework, which we already do the bulk of. Okay, so we've just had the logic part of this presentation, the logic part of persuasion, the, the logos has just come in. And it's only a short segment, a couple of minutes, a couple of statistics, as it should be. The logos, the logic of an, of an argument should only form about a ninth of the entire presentation. And I particularly like how she's gone about it. She has a couple of facts and figures to do with hours per day, hours per year, and then there was the comparison between men and women. But all of that culminating into that final statistic around how it decreases earnings in women. And I imagine that that actually goes counter to what the audience may already believe, which is the better um, women look and the more effort they put in, the more successful they will either be, feel or be seen as. So the way that she presents those couple of statistics, I think, is quite clever. Hopefully she doesn't bring up any more hard data and information because it might just become too much in this presentation at that mm. point. Do the bulk of. It's an absurdity that we get caught up in all of this. So what can we do about it? This is the difficult thing. How do we move forward from this? I'm not a wowser. You know, I love the girl power movement. I love getting dressed up from time to time. But that doesn't mean that we should stop asking questions. And the questions I would like to ask are these. Why does society expect this of us? Will this make me happier and healthier? And is there a better way of doing it? The reason why I chose this as the topic to speak about today is because I've got a seven-year-old daughter. Every time I get ready for my TV appearances, she stands next to me in the bathroom and she always asks the same question. Mummy, why do women wear makeup and men don't? 
She's launched into a story here about being in the bathroom with her seven-year-old daughter. But just before this, she's actually snapped me out of this talk because she she makes the comment, the reason why I'm talking about this today, which I think is completely unnecessary, it just needs to be, in the morning I'm with my seven-year-old daughter and she asks me, mummy, why do you wear makeup? I think that would be just as effective. I don't think it's important to the audience the reasons for you giving that particular talk or that particular anecdote. Just give it. And also I think the question in itself, like a seven-year-old daughter asking, why do you wear makeup? That shows the importance and why you're talking mm. about it in itself. It's kind of self-fulfilling. And men don't. And for months, I struggled about how to answer her. I thought I can't say, because, honey, it makes me look better, because that implies that women don't like the way they look naturally. I can't say, it makes me feel better, because that points to pathologically low self-esteem. What I do say to her is, darling, I don't like it. It's not right, but it's what society expects of women. And I'm doing whatever I can in my very, very small way to try to change that. Hopefully by the time you're a young woman, you won't have to go through this. I remember when I was a young woman at my first job in journalism at a metropolitan radio station, I was breakfast news editor. And I'd come in at 3.30 in the morning, no makeup, wet hair straight out of the shower. Sometimes I'd come in in my pajamas because it was so early, but I still got the job done, you know? And the boss came in one day and he said, Tracy, I need to talk to you about your attitude. I said, oh yeah, what's this all about? And he said, you need to tidy up your act. You're not looking professional. And I was genuinely perplexed. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you could at least put on makeup once in a while. I said, how does that make me more professional? He said, well, look, it's just what society expects of the ladies. And then stormed out and slammed the door. He couldn't explain it. He couldn't articulate it. It makes no sense. This is a really nice anecdote and story she weaves in. I imagine a lot of the people in the audience, a lot of the women in the audience can relate to this. Yeah, I certainly can. The one small problem I have with it is it is imperative that her boss is male. That's a key element of this conversation. Yeah. And so at the start where she says, she, where she says the boss came in and he wanted to talk to me, I think really emphasise he, really emphasise the he and the his so that we absolutely know that it's a male, because that's that's key, I think, in this mm. story, that we're having a conversation between her as a female employee and a male boss. Yeah. I think the, the storytelling in this particular instance is really good, though. It's The details that she's kept in are great. It's given us enough without giving us too much detail. Absolutely. It's really great storytelling. Agreed. I've been accused of a lot of things over my time in television and radio. Porking up when I was a size 12, <laughs> being too long in the tooth when I was 37, and having limited intellect because I'm a blonde. I know that women on television and in the media more broadly are a microcosm of what is experienced by women in society more broadly, but the message is the same. You are valued for how you look, not for what is in your heart or in your head. Well, I'd like to start a movement to change that. As far as an audience focus goes, Tracy does this exceptionally well. Everything I'm seeing in this presentation is so well-directed, as far as I can tell, at the audience of what I am quite strongly guessing is professional women. I imagine so much of this stuff she is saying is relatable and understood and internalised by her audience. It's such a well-crafted presentation with an audience focus. Yeah. 
I totally agree with that. And um, as probably her target audience myself, I very much relate to a lot of what she's saying. Yep. Like any big movement, it starts with small steps. And the first step is to deconstruct the problem. I'm quite literal. I take things quite literally, okay? So I'm going to physically deconstruct the problem. I don't like wearing three inches of makeup. It makes me feel... I think it's just worth pointing out here what she's done is taken out a couple of makeup remover wipes and she's starting to strip the makeup off her face. The beauty of what she's doing is when they are nine minutes into the speech and there has been no indication that she was going to have sort of these props on stage and perform this memorable action. It's actually been a really good standalone presentation that is all leading towards this step of her taking um, her makeup off. Without that even, it's a, it's a good standalone speech, yeah, I think. Yeah. So it's a nice addition. It's a nice use of visual aids and props on stage as well. Thank you. It sounds like I've struck a chord there. It sounds like it drives you guys nuts too. It makes me feel like I'm wearing a mask, like I can't really be who I am. And yet every time I go out without makeup, the comments are always the same. And I try to not wear makeup when I'm not doing TV appearances or giving speeches. And these are comments from friends. They're well-meaning. They don't mean it in a belittling or insulting way, but they're just comparing the way I look when I see them without makeup with the way I am on television. And they always say things like, oh, you look a bit pale, you're not feeling well. Are you a bit iron deficient? Here, I'll get you a steak. Oh, you look a bit washed out. Are you coming down with the flu? Oh, God, that feels better. <laughs> See how long that took? I literally do have three inches of makeup on. Oh, thank God. All right, what can I deconstruct next? This is fun. <laughs> this is like pulling a Barbie doll apart. <laughs> now, the hair is more difficult because this is what my hair looks like usually. An electrocuted poodle, or a blonde afro, as it was known at university. Now, any woman knows that getting caught in the rain is the best way of getting frizzy hair. So let's hope this works and doesn't short out the microphone or s <laughs> in some way electrocute myself, because then the cameraman down there and the news journals will have a really great story. <laughs> Just point out she has a spray bottle and she's currently spraying her hair with water. Yeah, it's a very simple, effective use of props. Oh, that's better. All right. That should undoubtedly take effect in a few minutes, I'm telling you. All right. I love this dress. See how emotional we are when it comes to clothing? I freaking love this dress. But we shouldn't love pieces of fabric. We should be loving people. This dress becomes constricting after a couple of hours. I can't think properly. I feel like I can't breathe, so it's coming off. <laughs> oh. Now I know what it feels like to be a stripper. This is awesome. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Now we get to high heels. I could do a whole speech on high heels, frankly. We all know they're the tools of the patriarchy. 
But we get caught up in how they make our legs look longer and more shapely. But they're bloody uncomfortable. We also get caught up in the narrative that we're expressing our individuality, our economic power, and our strength through them. Well, that's bullshit too. Remember Sex and the City? That's gone. There we go. I grew up in Queensland, so I'm extremely comfortable in thongs or bare feet. So this is me, the real Tracy Spicer without my armour, because that's what it is. So now she is standing on stage in a pair of shorts, a singlet, and bare feet. Still looks perfectly fine. She's not yeah. like in her underwear or anything, um, but certainly not what you would normally expect for the TEDx stage, which is exactly the point. I'm really interested because we had this lead up, which was all about the problem that women face around the societal expectations and wanting to start this movement. Now she's brought in this very visual element of uh, we're going to start to peel back those layers. So I'm very interested to see where that now carries this speech, how this is going to be driven home with a message or a solution or a benefit. And if you're correct in thinking that this presentation is about the carcinogens and the toxins in makeup. In products, yep. There's a reason why a woman's bouffant is called her helmet of hair. We do this to physically protect ourselves. I have a friend who was diagnosed with breast cancer recently and she had chemotherapy. And believe it or not, she said the worst thing was all her hair falling out. That she always felt like a lion with this mane of hair. And that she felt like the biblical Samson without that power. It's sad, isn't it? Quite obviously, I couldn't go to work looking like this. Most of us couldn't. I love the idea of binning our bras and not shaving our legs. I did that when I was at university. It was marvellously liberating. But I think with this fourth wave of feminism, we need a new way. And so I've devised three easy steps. (laughs) If they'll come up. One easy step is I should learn my technology better. Step one. Interesting that she acknowledges the PowerPoint doesn't immediately respond there. Throughout this whole presentation, she has had a couple of slides in the background and we haven't mentioned them on the podcast because they don't actually add anything. A couple of words and some bits and pieces that... I imagine if you were sitting in the room when she was giving this, it's something else to look at. It's a bit of a distraction from her speaking and her doing the um, taking her dress off and those sort of things on stage. I don't think it's worthy of mention at all, just that it didn't add, so therefore it wasn't needed. And just now she's tried to get these um, this slide up that has the three steps she's about to talk about. It didn't come up immediately and she should have sort of made a bit of a point about that. I think there's a lesson here, which is if the PowerPoint takes a second to come up, that's actually okay. You're just already, pause. Just pause. Your audience is not going to, in those two seconds, assume there's been a total technology failure. Sometimes it takes a second and that's okay. Uh, I wonder if she's maybe a bit anxious looking at maybe the timer or something and sort of wanting things to hurry along a little bit. But mm. as you said. Yeah, just pause. Step one, take note of the number of minutes your personal grooming takes over a day, week, month, year and lifetime. You will be shocked by how much time we spend on this stuff. Step two, think about the other things you could be doing. Writing a book, meditating, learning how to surf, learning how to sing, doing a master's, doing a PhD. You know, whatever it is, think about what you wanted to do when you were a kid. We only have one life. We don't know when it's going to end. You might as well think about all those things you wanted to do as a kid and think, right, I can do that now. 
Step three, decide what you can reduce or live without. This is the really difficult thing and it's different for every woman and I don't want to be prescriptive about it. Uh, as an example for me, it'll be simplifying my hairdo. 45 minutes a day on one's hair is ridiculous. Minimising the makeup on television and continuing to not wear it off camera. Stopping painting my nails and my... I mean, who said that women's nails need to be shiny and colourful and men's don't? It is an absurdity. And getting rid of the fake tan. I mean, it's expensive and it's full of nasty chemicals. Like any change, this will take some time to remove society's layers of expectations about how a woman should look. And there will be backlash, there always is. But I hope that everyone here in this room goes home today and at least has a think about this time spent and its effect on productivity and reassesses that mathematical equation. Because if we do this, I assure you, we will be happier, we will be healthier, and we will be more productive. My name is Tracy Spicer, and I'm no longer a vain fool. <laughs>Okay, that was Tracy Spicer with The Lady Stripped Bear in 2014. What was the message you got out of that presentation, Kate? Uh, do you know, I actually don't know because, as I said at the beginning, she kind of made a big deal about all of the chemicals in products and then very briefly referenced it at the end with just chemicals in fake tan. So I actually was a little bit confused as to what the message was. Um, I think the theme was strong. The message was not the theme about how much time women spend getting ready or grooming or whatever, but I don't know what the actual one sentence message is. So maybe you feel that introduction where it was indicating what the talk was going to be about maybe didn't quite match what she ended up talking about. Yeah. What did you get out of it? I agree with you that the theme was strong, but I don't know that I got a single sentence message out of it. It's probably along the lines of, as a woman, being aware how much time you spend on that personal grooming and the effects that it actually has on your life and what you can do to change that or make it a little bit more acceptable for yourself. I don't know that, yeah, there was that one single sentence. The theme was strong. And I think, again, it did such a good job of speaking to those women in the room as an audience. Yeah, see, I... Again, as probably the exact target market, I think I felt a little bit of resentment towards that message, which maybe maybe the message was like women should spend less time grooming or whatever. And I felt a little bit of resentment because it was a bit telling me what I should think. And isn't that interesting? Because part of what she's saying is society is telling us what you should think. But then she's telling us what hmm. you should think. Um, and for me, I find that actually a productive time of my day because I listen to a lot of podcasts <laughs> within that routine. So I, I disagree that it's you know time wasting for me personally. So, I mean, that's a very personal interpretation. I imagine if you felt that that time was being imposed on you, that was being forced upon you, that you didn't want to do it, then I imagine you would connect with this presentation a lot more. And I very imagine... Very much. It would be very powerful. And would most women in that audience, do you think, agree with feeling imposed and forced to... Probably, yeah. yes. Overall, I think we need to say that we actually really enjoy this talk by Tracy Spicer. She's from Queensland. She was speaking here in Brisbane, which is totally where we come from. And as, as we alluded to, it's a, a brilliant presentation. It persuades and I think it motivates a little bit as well. I think it's I'll, a beautiful example of audience focus. Oh, so good on the audience focus. PowerPoint, maybe not so much. Expression of personality is in there. It's a good presentation that drives that theme and that idea. This is, you know, ideas worth sharing. Yeah. 
she has that strong visual element in there about her taking her face and her dress off, which I think the presentation would stand without that if she needed to give it in a different context to a different audience. But the addition of that certainly makes it different. It makes it Tracy and it makes it a really good presentation. Yeah. So let's have a quick chat about um, her physical presence on stage, how she actually looked delivering the speech. For me personally, she is very clearly used to being in the spotlight on camera. <laughs> yes. She is exceedingly comfortable on stage. She just looks like a woman just in her element talking. I just admire how well she does on stage. And I think that was quite exemplified at the end there where she was in a singlet and shorts and she still looked really comfortable. Yeah. So I'll put a link to this TED Talk by Tracy Spicer down in the show notes. Go and have a listen to it. Have a watch of what she does as well. I've actually watched it a couple of times because... There's some good stuff to learn from what she does on stage. Yes, and um, as I just said, it's someone who just looks beautifully comfortable on stage. She is a beautiful speaker, um, and I really admire her for that. So that brings us to the end of Tracy Spicer with The Lady Stripped Bear. If there's a TED Talk or a keynote that you would like us to do a breakdown of, please do let us know. We'd be happy to have a watch of it and share our thoughts here on the podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. We'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to know more, check out presentationboss.com.au slash podcast, where you'll find the show notes for today with links to everything we've discussed. If you have a speech you'd like us to listen to and break down on the show, flick us the link at podcast at presentationboss.com.au. We're always happy to hear your thoughts or take suggestions for future episodes. Most importantly, we rely on you to share the information of this podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please recommend us to a friend. Have a great week. No, I'm not explaining a thigh gap to you right now. Google it.